0: Good evening, everyone. Beautiful day, eh? Beautiful day. You can tell by my cheeks that I've been outside in the sunshine (laughs) mowing the lawns. (laughs) Um, But it really is a pleasure to be here again. Um, We've got our our quartet up here this evening. Um, Sandra, Noel, I'm Sam, and this is Joe. Um, And we're going to continue on our awesome theme of priestliness this evening. Um, And we've got a really cool topic to dive into Um, Greg's not on the panel tonight, but I think he's probably chomping at the bit to ask some questions. Um, so um, be ready when there's an opportunity. Um, but tonight we will legitimately try our best to have an opportunity for a table discussion. Um, you know, short of any um, other kind of di- divine interruption or move of the Holy Spirit, um, but we'll we'll try and we'll try and go until six thirty and have a real solid half an hour of table discussion. Because um, I'm really keen for us to. Have a time to just dialogue about what we've been hearing. We've been looking at priestliness for about four or five weeks, um, and we've had, um, you know, the theme that we've been looking at in the night about becoming these priests has been incredibly intertwined with what we've been looking at in the mornings on faith and faith that sees. So, um, after we've um, uh, had our time on the panel, um, it would be awesome to, to break off into groups and to talk about what, what does it mean to be this royal priesthood that the scriptures prophesy um, about the church, uh, who the church is supposed to be. So just keep that in the back of your mind as you're um, you know, um, listening this evening um, and, and be ready just to, to um, share with, with one another what it is that you've received and what it is that you've heard. Sweet as? All right, cool, cool. So we've got a fantastic topic this evening. Um, We've got a few interesting verses. You know, over the last number of weeks, there's been a number of references to this situation where David finds himself um, running away and fleeing from Saul, who's after his life. And he comes and finds himself in, in front of a priest, and the priest happens to give him what they call this showbread or this bread of, the, or bread of presence that he's actually not allowed to eat. It's only for the priests of the day, only from those who are, the, um, who are from Levi's line, descended from Aaron. And David's not one of those people. But he finds himself in an interesting situation um, where he's standing before this priest And so what I'm keen for us to do is to unpack this awesome scripture this evening because I feel like there's some key things um, that that I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to, to bring to light. You know, this man David was a man of faith, and he's a man who knew who God was and who he was. And because of this living revelation that he had of what true priestliness was, not being a priest according to the natural order, but being a priest, like we've looked at over the last couple of weeks, according to the spiritual heavenly lineage, the order of Melchizedek, he was able to live and eat and operate as a priest. Spiritually, even though he was not born in, into this priestly line. And for us, this is so relevant for us today if we're to become these priests of God. So if you've got a pen, you can jot down these scriptures Leviticus 24, 8 to 9, 1 Samuel 21, verse 6, and Matthew 12, verses 1 to 8. So we'll start with, uh, I'll just read out Leviticus. Twenty four, you don't have to go there. All right, this is Leviticus twenty four, eight to nine. I'm just going to read the key parts, and you can go away and have a read of it properly um, when you get home. Um, but there's a list here of, of certain um, traditions and laws that were um, that came down uh, through Moses, and it says this in verse seven: You shall put pure frankincense on each row. He's talking about the priest, that it may be a memorial portion for the bread. Even an offering by fire to the Lord. Every Sabbath day he shall set it in order before the Lord continually. It is an everlasting covenant for the sons of Israel. It shall be for Aaron and his sons, that's the priestly Levitical line. And they shall eat it in a holy place, for it is most holy to him, from the Lord's offering by fire, his portion forever. Now, let these couple of words sit in the back of your mind. It is an everlasting covenant for the sons of Israel. It shall be for Aaron and his sons, and they shall eat it in a holy place. All right, flip over to 1 Samuel 21 verse 6. It's all right to read a little bit of scripture every now and then, eh? even if it 's from the Old Testament, even if it 's from Leviticus, I reckon <laughs> all right one samuel chapter twenty one now i 'm not going to read the whole story. Um, you can go away and have a, have a read of it at home, but like I said before david 's on david 's on the run from saul who 's seeking his life. Um, Um, And I'll read from verse 3. David encounters this priest and he says, Now therefore, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever can be found. The priest answered David and said, There's no ordinary bread on hand, but there is the consecrated bread. If only the young men have kept themselves from women. David answered the priest and said to him, Surely women have been kept from us as previously when I set out. And the vessels of the young men were holy, though it was an ordinary journey. How much more than today will their vessels be holy? So the priest gave him consecrated bread, for there was no bread there but the bread of presence which was removed from before the Lord in order to put hot bread in its place when it was taken away. Alright, now turn to Matthew Chapter 12, 1 to 8. Alright, and it says this. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples became hungry and began to pick the heads of grain and eat. But when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples do what is not lawful to do on a Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he became hungry, he and his companions? How he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but for the priests alone. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple break the Sabbath and are innocent? But I say to you that something greater than the temple is here. But if you had known what this means, I desire compassion and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Fascinating little passage, hey? And it can be so easy when you read the scriptures to gloss over these kind of passages, particularly if it's Leviticus. You know... But actually contained within Leviticus and in every book of the Bible is eternal promises for us to lay hold of and enter into. You know, we've been looking for the last number of weeks about priestliness, And, you know, to be honest, I can't think of anything more irrelevant for this modern day and age, naturally and physically, than being a priest. And the things of God, you, th- just, you just think of the, the, the kind of things that we talk about here on a Sunday evening. Being a priest, sitting on God's throne and reigning with him for a thousand years in the future. Being a temple, being the bride of Christ. All of these things, you, you think, like if, if if you weren't seeing God's heavenly and eternal calling and purpose for the church, you would think that they are absolute, complete, utter rubbish what on earth are we talking about? This is this is a, a book of laws that was written four thousand years ago. It's totally worthless, but yet it's these very scriptures that um, that can bring to light well, not the scriptures themselves. What lies behind the scriptures is God's promise for us today as priests of this eternal spiritual order, priests according to the order of Melchizedek. So, what I'd be keen for us to do um, amongst the panel this evening is is to really dive into what 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 was it that enabled David, who wasn't a priest, to stand before a priest and eat this living this bread of the presence that was only for this priesthood this this priesthood to eat while not being a priest? Why was it that David, who got married, Two chapters earlier, was able to to stand before the priest and to enter in and to eat bread that was only for people who hadn't been with a woman before physically. What what is he What is he talking about? Is God endorsing lawlessness, or is there something here for us to to grapple with and wrestle with? Cool. All right. So what I might do is um, if we start in Matthew. Chapter 12, and we'll just work our way through. We'll start at Matthew 12, verse 1. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples became hungry, hungry and began to pick the heads of grain to eat. But when the Pharisees saw this, he said to them, look, your disciples do what is not lawful on the Sabbath. Guys, do you... Anything that you want to pick up on this interaction between Jesus and the Pharisees? Or do we want to continue on to the next verse? The next verse, start up. But he said to them, have you not read what David did when he became hungry? He and his companions, how he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for him to eat, nor for those with him. But for the priests alone. Noel, I don't know if you do. You want to kick us off? How was David able to enter into um, this temple of God and eat this bread that was only reserved for the priests?
1: Um. um probably what I'll do is I'll start from way, way in the beginning, because David is a man known for uh, his heart after God, and so even when he was a, a shepherd boy looking after his father's sheep in the wilderness. You know, his heart was always after the Lord. And you could see that in the Psalms, and you could see how he depended on God for everything, um, even protection, even you know when, when, when wolves come and lions come. And even when he was already king, living in a stately palace, he would always prefer to dwell in the 10th of the tabernacle Spending the night there, and you will see that in the Psalms, you know, talking about how a day in the temple is worth a thousand years elsewhere, um, and so that sense of love, that sense of desire for the Lord, that sense of intimacy for the one of God for God um, created something. I think established a, a sort of relationship that God Himself. Has revealed to David the mysteries of Christ that were far beyond his contemporaries. Um, I, I'm fully convinced of this: that in his day to day, even though it it was, it's you can find it in the Psalms, you know how David could accurately quote the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And I think it's not just about him being able to see Christ crucified; he could also see the repercussions, the consequences, the results of it. And so David literally, because of his close intimacy with the Father, um was able to see as we physically see now, you know, what Christ has done. And 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 it it's like him coming into our midst today and being able to see the glorious freedom that we have, how we can glory just on our own come directly to God how we can feast of his word how he could speak to us and how we could eat of his manna and he desired that so much that he was able to live the life of the future in his current generation in his present and so David was able to see the future with such conviction and such um, belief that he was able to live the future, even though it never happened, it hasn't happened yet, as if it has already happened, and it's, he lived it in the present. And that qualified him to eat of, of of the bread that the people who were living in the current generation didn't know, because that mystery wasn't revealed to them yet. Because it was a, a mystery that was revealed in, 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 in the future. because. And so David access that and um and just like I think when we are now, when we are able to see the the coming of Christ, when you see are able to see the the, the future things of the church, are we in such a conviction that we're able to live the life of the thousand year reign in the present it's a it's it's Okay. It's That's awesome, eh? And I think you know, you're saying
0: he was able to live the life of the future, but old. But the, the future was a now living reality for him, eh? You know, because I just think of, you know, even who who, who the first priest was, even before the law even existed. It was Melchizedek, you know, and so he was living from the future, but he was also living from what was already set in motion from before the foundations of the world. Hey, you know, living from an from and for a higher order. Hey, you know, cool.
2: I love the um the the fact that there's a knowledge of God, which is is what faith is isn't it a knowing and, and that knowing has come through revelation that has come it's always initiated from, from the father first and there's a there's a confidence and a knowing that he is his refuge and he is merciful he is compassionate and um, you see the two the not knowing him but the, the being so tied up in the, the application of the rules and the functions that's actually being played out in, in this interaction with Jesus. Um, there's the not knowing, so there's the picking holes in the, the rules and the regulations, but the not knowing the heart, not knowing him. And so Jesus knows the Father, and so he is well able because he knows that the Sabbath has been made for man, not man for the Sabbath. He knows that the heart of, of keeping the Sabbath, the, the fourth commandment, it was for man, it wasn't to um, to be tying everyone up in knots. It was actually a a, um, a law that was given out of compassion and mercy. Um, for you know, when, when you read it, it's it's for your family and your servants and your slaves and even your ox to have this day, um, you know, of of rest. And and so what what the the Pharisees are living from the things that have been added to and you know it says in revelation that we are not to take away or add to and and yet you know as far as the commandments are concerned a lot of things have been taken away from them and in this particular one they just added heaps and heaps and heaps and heaps of stuff and so there's there's no knowledge of God. And the, the, the Sabbath was about being still and knowing him, developing a relationship, you know. So that, that I, I just see that the, the parallels are so clearly that David also had people with him and he was caring for the people that were with him. Jesus had people with him and he was caring for people that were with him, you know. They were in need. They were they were able to access because he had access. He had revelation that everything of the kingdom was was available. And there was no there was no boundaries, you know.
0: Totally. Interesting what you're saying about the Sabbath, you know, because the Pharisees here are concerned that Jesus' disciples aren't keeping the Sabbath. But what you see immediately coming into that passage, verse 28 of, of chapter 11, Jesus is is just talking to his disciples about what true spiritual rest is, you know. He says come to me and I, all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, you know. And so Jesus is he's saying look I am the rest of God, you know. Is he's, he's the fulfillment of the very Sabbath that they're concerned that his disciples are not keeping, and and so it's it's interesting, eh? The the attitude of the Pharisees—they're not concerned that Jesus isn't keeping the Sabbath; they're concerned that his disciples aren't, you know. And it almost looks like the concern when I was reading that, it just made me think of like, you know, when you've got like like parents and one parent is like criticizing the other parent on how they're raising their kids, you know, because of the behaviour as opposed to because of the heartbeat that that parent's trying to cultivate in the household, you know. And the Pharisees here, Jesus has just been teaching his disciples about true, genuine Sabbath rest, you know. Next minute, the Sabbath comes along, you know, and the disciples aren't concerned, uh, the Pharisees aren't concerned that the disciples aren't in this position of Sabbath rest, They're concerned that they're not meeting the letter of the law, which actually wasn't the law at all. It was an add-on, a religious expectation of the day. And so their view is on natural earthly behavior, whereas for him, he's saying, guys, it's not actually, it's not about behavior at all. The Sabbath starts in the heart, and then it's expressed in the way that you structure your life in terms of putting aside time to seek me and be with me and, you know, but ultimately, there's a, there's a heavenly posture that Jesus was living from, right? And that he was leading his disciples into. And that's what we see here in the Sabbath, but we also see in David, you know, who wasn't li- just living like, like we see with Melchizedek, the earthly form of things. He was living from the ind- indestructible life and power of the resurrected life of being a true Priest, according to this new order, eh? So, some some powerful stuff. Mm. Any thoughts there,
3: Jane? Probably the other thing that struck me about this passage is there's a bookend between this. So, in the middle is the where he talks about the rest. Just before that, he's taken them on for another example where they're looking at the external and trying to make sense of it. So, this is when they're saying, "Well, basically, if." If John the Baptist is right, then Jesus can't, because he's in the desert eating locusts, and he's eating and drinking in the town. And then that's where the, that scripture wisdom is vindicated by her deeds is. And it just struck me as another example where they are saying it's either that or it's that. Both, it's, They're looking at the behavior saying what is true— and he's saying no actually yes you know we're in of different covenants and different points in time but actually we're all part of this divine thread which is God's story and then he moves on to say my yoke is easy and my burden is like this is a completely different thing it's not about what the right thing to do is and the wrong thing to do is it's about knowing me and then through on
0: which doesn't take away from the fact that there are instructions and commandments. Eh? You're like you even see in David and reading in some of the Psalms, like in Psalm nineteen, you know, like the whole psalm is about how much he loves God's law, you know, um, and and how devoted he is to God's instruction. And to me, it's almost like he's, he's not saying, "Guys, the the, the the message of the story is not." don 't follow the law, right you know it 's that there 's a heartbeat that lies beneath the law that you have to come into, and in fact, I think it 's his love for the law, which was actually the very thing that qualified him to actually not obey the physical law in that moment you 're actually living from what the heartbeat of the law was, the law of the spirit hey? you know so it 's always that those two parts of a of a much greater whole hey?
2: and I love um, if I can just butt in there too. Um, Uh, To me, um, the passage that starts in 25 of um, Matthew 11, um, Jesus is having this glory time with the Father. (laughs) I praise you, Father, and look what he's praising him for. Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight and and to me I just love that you know all of these things are so connected to each other because you have um, the flesh that wants to enter in and come close to God and thinks that it's about keeping these things and the things that we do and so it's judging everything by what we do and our behavior and therefore is judging others by their behavior and everything and um and yet it doesn't know him it doesn't have any power to bring us into the true knowing of him that brings life in us and um and that's on purpose because because unless we are humbled, we don't receive you know unless unless we are uh, coming as little children. Is unless we're poor in spirit, we don't have any hope to come in and and receive because we think we've got another way. You know, we've got this way and and this way, continually is opposing the spirit way. The flesh way is always opposing. It was opposing. Saul was the flesh way opposing David in the old, you know, and and the flesh and the spirit are constantly opposing, and it's still happening now because the flesh doesn't want um, doesn't want the humbling that's involved to come into the spirit life. You know what I mean? So, so the entering as rest is dependent on us ceasing from our works which is all tied up with what the flesh wants to be in control. Um, so they're all magnificently tied up. And I just love the fact that he says, but something greater or someone greater than the temple is here. <laughs> the veil himself. Do you know what I mean? So, so now, now through me you can come into this very intimacy because of who I am, you know?
1: I find it quite hilarious, in a way. At the same time, also, how gracious Jesus was. You know, here you see this group of people who claim they know the law and how they interpret the law. They even added things to the law and how they would quickly point it out. But the giver of the law is in their midst. You know, if you're talking about the correct interpretation of the law... Jesus is the one who can give the correct interpretation of the law, not them. And the goal and the pride of them to be able to do that, in in fact, to to lecture Jesus on how his disciples behave when the lawgiver himself, when rest himself, when sabbath himself was there, and sabbath himself instructed the disciples, because they were hungry, to pluck the grain and eat, because love... Was concerned. These disciples were hungry, and he said, "Ask them to eat." And it's it's in the law itself. You know, you could go into your neighbor's vineyard and pluck things to eat. But the, the all-knowing Pharisees would look at that and said they're already working because they were harvesting, they were um, milling, and they were um, winnowing because they plucking that they're harvesting. So they were. Um, Milling because they were doing this with the grain head, and they were blowing, and so they were milling. But this, just how how low they have gone in the midst when when Christ Himself said, "I am the Sabbath rest." So the law itself was given to point to Christ. You know, the, Him giving them to bread to eat was say, because I am the bread of life, and so the Sabbath was given to man so that when man would realize that man cannot exist without the Lord. He depends on God for everything. And so it, it's like the same way, the bread in the showbread in, in the temple was also to show man, because there's a miracle that's happening. If you, if you look at, at, I tried to Google about it, they would say that the bread was done on a Sabbath, but it stayed warm and hot throughout the week until it's re- replaced. And so when, when people come to the temple, and they will open the, the, the door and show. And the, the priest would tell the people, see how beloved you are of God. You know, he has provided, by looking at the bread, how it has stayed warm in his presence and fresh throughout the week. That how God is your provider. He is your source of livelihood and sustenance. And so you are meant to stay in, you know, being aware of that you depend on him. You know, he is your rest. And so even with the creation setting, you know, the first work of Adam and Eve, before God asked them to do some things after, was actually to rest. They were created on the sixth day, they rested on the Sabbath, and after resting they were prepared to work. And so everything has to, God has already done everything beforehand. And so the the throne is, you're actually supposed to start from rest. It is only in sin that they start from toil. And they will continue to toil forever and ever. And Revelation says that those who have the mark of the beast will toil forever and ever. And that is actually the, the difference.
0: And toil was the consequence of the fall, right? You know, Adam and Eve sinned, and the outcome was that they would have to toil and work the ground by the sweat of their brow and, and their hands. You know, and so that's that's awesome. I thought interesting here in, in verse three, you know, saying Noel about the, the Pharisees, it says, But but he says to them, Have you not read what David did when he became hungry? You know? Uh, interesting, have you not read? You know? They probably had read, you know, but they probably didn't know what was written, you know. And to me those are two polar opposite things, you know. Like anyone can read. You don't even have to be a Christian to read the Bible and to know that the scriptures and and what, what the scriptures say you know and so he says to them have, have you not read And they, well we have read but just because you've read doesn't necessarily mean that you know what's written and have a living knowledge of the one that it's written of you know and that's what David had and that's what Jesus had but what these Pharisees didn't have a you know they had a form but not the, the substance of you know so Alright, 6.41. It feels like we're just kind of getting started, but I'm very keen for this uh, table discussion tonight. So we might, we might call it there and we'll, um, we'll continue this dialogue, what we've been looking at at the table. So like I was saying, what I'm keen for us to, to talk about is what does it mean to be this royal priesthood? We've talked about this priesthood being of this new heavenly spiritual order. What does it mean to be the royal priesthood? Cool. All right.